Another Way to Play, episode 38. Uh, this is Patrick Mito, founder of Fat Ergos. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my friend Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9-to-5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Patrick Mudo, who is a co-founder of Fat Ergos, which is a Instagram account that is really popular in the rowing culture, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, with his college friend and co-founder Sam Weeks. They founded the brand in 2016 and have ended up capturing a large audience of rowers uh, through their humorous memes, uh, rowing jokes, and various social media outlets. They've balanced this endeavor with their normal demanding jobs and also attend regattas, which are rowing races, uh, and produce gear for their fans. Patrick and I, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring him on talk about the fact that earlier in 2019 uh, their account was up to nearly 50,000 followers when it got deleted off of Instagram and they basically had nothing they had to start over from nearly scratch he talks about uh, the process of which they started to rebuild and uh, have grown themselves back up to about 30,000 followers uh, at the end of 2019 we also talk about taking a passion something that he he thought was fun, uh, just did as a joke, and turned it into something that he, they're now able to monetize and turn into a bit of a business here. Um, so we talk about how he knew when the right time was for them, how they've progressed in that way, and uh, some of the things that they're trying to do to continue to push it, uh, push the envelope in the rowing space. And then generally, one big key takeaway is like just get started, put some stuff out there, continue to get better, and figure out how to get yourself just one level beyond the entry level. Because if you get just above the noise, just above the, the average, uh, you'll stand out in a big way. And then you can really leverage yourself up uh, to talk to some higher level people in whatever niche or space you're in. Before we get into the interview, I do want to remind you uh, that if you like this or any of the other episodes, if you would please leave me a rating and written review on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps me uh, with feedback and then obviously with the algorithm so that uh, more people are able to find the show. Uh, along the lines of feedback, uh, if you are in the show notes and you find my Calendly link, grab a time on my calendar. Let's have a chat. Uh, absolutely no obligation, totally for free, no ulterior motive other than I'd love to get to know you personally, just find out what you're liking, what uh, I can do a little better on, what I should double down on and do more of, and just really how to make this podcast a better experience for you, the listener. So uh, without any further ado, uh, let's get into my conversation with Patrick Mudo. All right, Patrick, well, thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Appreciate you taking some time to, to chat and join us today. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just went into your bio, you've got kind of a, a interesting story and you're pretty early on in your journey, but you've had some cool stuff happen. But why don't you take us back and just build a little bit of context and kind of tell us where everything began for you? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I started rowing 
uh, in high school uh, and I got four years of high school rowing in um, and I wanted to kind of continue uh, going down the path of rowing and I, I kept that going in college. I went to Wisconsin for rowing um, and I kept doing that all through four years and then kind of halfway through my senior year, um, me and, and uh, my partner Sam Weeks uh, started this Instagram page called Fatter Goes. I just kind of, you know, just started out as kind of a joke on our, our team, just making fun of just some of the stereotypes and rowing and just kind of having fun with our situation. And it, we just did it, you know, with no expectations at all. And, um, you know, then it just kept growing. We just kept at it and kept growing, kept growing. And then uh, we started making gear and we traveled around to races uh, and we've been doing that for like three and a half years now. And we both, uh, we both work normal jobs. We live our normal lives and work normal jobs as well. So we're kind of juggling those two things right now. And, uh, you know, that's where we are now. Yeah, man, that's obviously a pretty uh, abbreviated version of your story, but it's, it's pretty cool that you've, you've been able to um, pursue passion rowing and then turn that into at least at the moment, a side hustle and, and, who knows where it'll go from there, but it's uh, really cool. I mean, for those of you who don't know, you know, rowing is, uh, of course, kind of a, a niche sport. It has got a very intense following for those of us who are in that world. And then outside of it, people have basically no idea what it's about. Um, but, uh, you know, you... A lot of the times, at least when I was growing up in that sport, it didn't seem like there was a lot of money in it. And, and thus, there was no room for a business or a brand or anything. And you guys have sort of taken that and evolved that over the last three years into something pretty substantial. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is true. There's not really a lot of money involved. And when we started, we had no expectation of money or anything like that. We were just doing it for fun. And we just did stuff because we thought it was funny. And then people actually asked us if we had gear or anything like that. So we started to make, make that. And we ended up having a, a partnership with another like legit gear company. Um, so we were able to kind of scale a little bit. Uh, and I mean, there's still, it's, you know, full-time job. So it's not like, you know, there's tons of money out there, but uh, you know, we make enough to make it worthwhile for us. Totally. Let's kind of dig in on that because the people who listen to this show are, you know, in our age brackets, they're in their 20s or 30s, generally speaking, like this, generally speaking, they're, they're working a job, they're looking around and saying, maybe this isn't for me, uh, maybe there's something more entrepreneurial or something on the side I should be doing just to kind of get out of this sort of nine to five hustle. Um, and then here you are, which is someone who's got this thing on the side that is, as you said, making you some money to make it worth your while, but obviously it's not your full-time deal. That started as sort of a, a fun thing, a passion that you guys were just following as a, as a thing to, to pass the time, I guess, <laughs> during practice or between practices. Um, how did you take that from just something that was for fun essentially and turn that into something that could make money and had a, like a serious presence in our niche sport of rowing. Yeah. So I guess like when, when you start, there's no expectations when you're just doing it for fun. Um, and then, you know, you just keep at it. A lot of people, I feel like if they, if they start something like that, you, you kind of burn out, but 
if you can kind of stay disciplined and it's not like we did it and we were from the start just like trying to stay disciplined but you know as your following grows you kind of feel expectations from people mm-hmm. you know not always in a negative way but sometimes like that but you know you just you keep you want to keep putting out content because you want to just keep kind of pleasing your your following and um and you kind of want to just keep stepping up your game and then you want to just keep being dynamic that was one of the things that we thought about you don't want to get stagnant um and just so like if you, if you keep turn it into a routine and then people kind of expect it like people are like they wake up you know every day they're like okay where's that post like from you guys and uh then you know then some people wanted gear and so we started making gear and selling that and now it's like every time you know we go to a race people are expecting to come see us and they want to buy some of our gear and so i just i think it's just repetition and just keeping it up and the more you kind of become a part of people's lives, then the more they are willing to kind of, you know, put the, put dollars into it. Totally. And I think that's a, that's really well said. You've got, and this is the theme that I hope the guests are picking up on. And, and many of the interviews I've had recently is like, when you're trying something, you have an idea of something, you got to get out to the marketplace, whether your initial idea is to, to monetize or not. Like if you're just going for laughs and having a good time, that's still a marketplace. There's a currency of, of enjoyment there. But you get out there with whatever your, your product is or your service is, you test it, you, you try, you see what engages, and then you start to double down on those things that work and lose the things that don't. And that's what I'm hearing you guys basically did for, for Fat Ergos. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, we were just... You know, every time we're always just trying to kind of be better and just evolve and, uh, you know, kind of reshape the content and whatnot just to make it, you know, pick up new followers and retain current followers. And then just you, you kind of want to make those current followers like you want to just take them from like a casual fan, to like a serious fan where they're, you know, they'll you know do anything that they'll love anything you say where you can actually kind of like set trends and like, OK, this is a new joke now. Everyone's going to you know, ride along with this joke because we made it and now it's funny and now we can, it's like an inside joke with all of our, with all of our followers. So, um, you know, that's kind of what we strive for. When it comes to content creation, because whether or not you have a serious Instagram page you're trying to grow or just simply, you know, get a little more engagement on your personal page, how do you like, because the, the, it's always like post, you know, multiple times a day, how do you produce that much content and, keep it uh, to a certain quality uh, so that you're not just, you know, dis- people aren't disengaged and be like, yo, this is getting tired. Like, how do you, how do you guys go about that creative process and in, in keeping it online uh, and keeping it fresh? Uh, I mean, it's hard. That's something that uh, Sam and I talk about a lot. It's, it's, we always say that like, if it was just one of us, that um, there's no way that we could keep it up. But the fact that there's two of us, uh, it makes it a little bit easier when someone's just kind of off. Like there'll be days when I just, we're trying to find like something funny, like a caption to a meme or something. And I just, I can't really think of anything. And Sam will kind of come through and then it's sometimes uh, vice versa. So it's just, it's, it is difficult. Uh, and also, you know, rowing and being kind of a niche sport, it's hard. There's only so many jokes you can make. We've made probably over like almost 1500 posts uh, like memes where, you know, there's only so many things you can joke about variations on uh, certain things. It's really just sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm just talking about it in sort of like a meme making 
perspective here because that is like the bulk of what we do. But there are times when you just when we have to like just grind out one where we'll until we say something like a caption or something that we think is funny and uh then we try and roll with that but you know sometimes it takes it takes a while so you definitely you just need persistence and i mean they say the same thing with writing and stuff uh too it just it takes it takes forever you just have to just trial and error until you can kind of grind out what you think is good. absolutely man there's uh, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, f- funny internet memes or actually making, you know, sales calls for your normal job, like there's certainly a pattern here that I, I want to point out, which is, you know, you have to be consistent before you can get good. And that I think is 100% accurate for, for what you're saying is sometimes you just have to, to focus on putting out the content or the, the quantity of content rather um, as opposed to, you know, making it all great. Cause in the end, like to grow a following, you have to be regular. You have to be posting consistently um, so that you keep popping up in people's feed and then keep refining and keep getting better. Yeah, I, I definitely. Um, and we make, at least I make a big deal out of stuff in my head, like more than I should where, you know, we're just not totally happy with something that we post, but you know, you just got to post it. Um, and I just think it's like, a, you know, I'm, I'm pissed about it. And I think it's like a huge deal. And, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, someone who's just like a fan of ours will just see that, you know, they'll scroll by it and they'll be like, oh, you know, it wasn't a great one today, but it's not a big deal for them. And I used to think the same thing when I see other accounts that I look at. And so you just got to kind of give yourself that perspective. And, you know, I, I like to make kind of, you know, videos and stuff that I put on my personal just for fun my personal Instagram and, you know, I have this kind of theory that, you know, even if it's bad, you just have to post it. Cause if you don't post it, it's not real and you're never going to like learn from it. Cause you know, they say like an idea is perfect in your head, but you have to actually execute it and that's kind of worth something. So, you know, you, it, it, it's like a big step to kind of actually go out and post it. And, you know, each time you do, you'll get better. Exactly. And I, I love, love what you just said there. I think just getting out there, getting some repetitions uh, in the marketplace or in the, the Instagram world or whatever it is that you're growing uh, is, is absolutely crucial. Just try and see where that takes you and take the feedback from it, of course. You know, a lot of the times people see somebody who's successful, whether they're on Instagram and they have a bunch of followers or they're, you know, closing a ton of deals or they're, they're making a bunch of money or whatever, whatever. And um, they sort of compare themselves to that version of that person and didn't see all the steps along the way. Like you guys have as of right now, like almost 30,000 followers on Instagram for a really niche sport, which is kind of incredible. Um, but you've had a, a bunch of ups and downs, right? With the account and with um, the way your progression has gone to get to where you're at now. So can you talk about, you know, one of your big failures and, and what you guys learned from it? Yeah. So we have like almost 30,000 now, but we had, you know, the beginning of this year, we had like almost 50,000. I think we were like 46 or 47,000 and still just growing really fast. Um, and our page got deleted by Instagram. It was kind of a fluke thing. Um, it was kind of like an inside joke on our, our page. We, you know, we make kind of, yeah, we try to go like against the norms of, of rowing. And so we were just kind of celebrating the photos that, uh, you know, you'd have in the boat where you just look really ugly because it's just, it's funny. It, everyone has them. And, um, you know, we, we posted some of us 
Yeah. So I told people like, you know, send us your best ones and then we're going to post the ones that we think are the best. And we did. And all the photos were like sent to us. And I don't, I think somebody thought saw that out of context and thought that we were just like making fun of these kids when it was really, they sent these photos into us and we were all just kind of like having a laugh together. And uh, we ended up getting a page deleted on Instagram. People like reported us. Um, and so we really had to kind of double down. So we lost everything. We had given up in February this year. So we kind of got back to like 30,000. That's where we are right now. Mm -hmm. But that took, that was like a big blow. That was just kind of disheartening. But, uh, you know, we, our, our core following is like very strong. So they've been pretty supportive and, you know, we're kind of back where, you know, we're not all the way back now, but we're on the way back. <laughs> totally. And it's, it's interesting that the thing that was actually helping you grow is also the thing that someone took offense to and then got you shut down. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, there's people that obviously we get a lot of just positive feedback and stuff, but there's occasional people that, uh, um, you know, will just provide some resistance where, you know, ours, we're kind of counter culture, I would say, in rowing. And uh, like, I think the part of the reason we started the account was as we got older and, you know, we realized that we're not going to be in rowing for our entire lives. You kind of get a different perspective and you think that just the stuff people that are super hardos about rowing, you know, that, that viewpoint is a little bit absurd. That That's kind of what our joke was based on. And so the, the people that are still just, like super hardcore into rowing sometimes take offense to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, that's just something we got to deal with and that's just inevitable. But, uh, you know, for the most part, people like think it's funny and it's, you should, I think it's healthy to kind of step back, you know, have a few laughs at your own expense and, uh, you know, but obviously you're never going to have everyone think that. <laughs> Completely. I also think that there's some, something important in, in that message. Cause you're right. Rowing is like, you know, it's older than most collegiate sports, you know, I th at, at many of the major universities, rowing is as old, if not older than most of the football teams. You know, it's this very longstanding traditional sport um, that is obviously got kind of an Ivy League prep, uh, you know, the opinion of it. It's, you know, white, very white collar as let's just put it that way. And you've got a vein of traditionalism running very much at the core of it. And uh, you guys are sort of taking something counter to that and, and making fun of it and, you know, having a laugh. And there's always going to be people who uh, dislike that and dislike the fact that you're going against the grain. Um, but obviously, there's also a contingent of people because you're polarizing who like and enjoy the, the joke and will get in, get in, get along with it, um, uh, with you. And I think there's something to be said. There's like, take a stand, be willing to, you know, rock the boat in some way, because if you, if you draw your line and you put yourself on one side of it, like you're going to have people who resonate with that message. And of course people who don't, and that's sort of just the nature of human beings. I think when it comes to really anything, but definitely in the content creation world. Yeah, I think you just need to like have a voice and or just have opinions because, you know, if you just, if you, I mean, if you don't have an opinion, then why would anyone really follow you or just, you know, if you don't have a voice or anything like that, there needs to be some character behind 
you know, behind what you're doing. Otherwise it's just, it just gets, can get really boring really fast. Absolutely. Relative to the rebrand, like you guys are nearly at that 50,000 or not the rebrand, but the relaunch or V2 or whatever you want to call it of the second page. Like how did you bounce back from that when you, uh, you know, you're, you're at 50,000, things are going really well. And then boom, you're back to zero. Like tell, take us into that moment of like, how did you approach the second iteration of this thing? Because I imagine it was, it was not as easy as just start a new account and go again. Yeah. So we had, I mean, you know, I, I like wallet in sadness for like a, a day or two. We kind of reevaluated our plan and we, you know, we didn't, we had some other, we had like a Facebook page that was just kind of linked to our Instagram, but it wasn't a really big following. And then we had, you know, our personal pages, which some people would follow, but you know, not, not nearly as big of a following as our original. So we just kind of, we, we made the new page and um, we, we posted about it on our personal page. We posted about it on Facebook. We went to Reddit. We reached out to all the other, you know, kind of, news pages on Instagram uh, and had them kind of just give us a shout out because, you know, they're, you know, they're all fans. And so uh, they helped us out. And our first, we had a race coming up. We we're going to crash beasts indoor race uh, in Boston. Mm-hmm. And we were, we decided to make like a video kind of like a press conference and um, kind of announcing that, you know, the, this is our new page. Let's like build it back up. We had some gear. We did like a giveaway, um, had all these people like comment their friends and the post. I think the post got like awesome comments, like something crazy. And we, uh, and we just, we promoted, we never like, we had never done that, like promoted paid to promote paid posts on Instagram, but we did it for that one. And I think it was pretty effective. It was just like our, we just hashtag like the fatter goes come back and just try to really get people behind that. And we must, I think we gained or like, you know, five or 8,000 followers like that weekend. So after that, it was just, you know, we had other people kind of help shout us out, but after that, it was just kind of, let's just put content and, you know, just have, just draw people back in and it's going to take some time, but that's just, there's no quick fix. You got to kind of, you got to grind a little. That's awesome. I, and I appreciate you, you mentioned the fact that you were wallowing in it a little bit because you know, you spend all this energy, you know, th- from college and beyond trying to build this thing up and then boom, it's gone. And it's like, okay, strategize, break it back down. Like how can we scale it back up? Who's our core? You know, there's a lot of lessons in here that, that I, you know, we are talking about an, uh, a sort of a gag page or like a, a humor page, I guess is probably a better word for it uh, on Instagram, but there's a lot of like really applicable you know, life and business lessons in here that I want to try and extract, which is one of the reasons I wanted to get you on in the first place. Relative to the brand, like what do you guys have planned going forward or, or do you have anything exciting coming up or any changes that you're looking to implement for 2020? Uh, yeah. So we, when we started, we, we started making gear. We, um, we just had like really crappy sources. Like we didn't really know what we were doing. And so we would just, you know, get gear and we, we couldn't really make it very cool or like very cheap. And then we kind of progressed out of that. And we, we partnered with a pretty legitimate company, rowing brand company, uh, a rowing like apparel company. And we, uh, 
they would make gear for us and sell it at races and we would just kind of go and market and, and stuff like that. And that was nice, but it was, we found it to be kind of limiting. And so this next year, I think the focus is going to be making more gear that we think is cool and like you yeah, having more freedom work with other brands. Um, and we've also started a YouTube page and that's just kind of another way for us to have fun at events because we're still going to a bunch of events. So um, we're just going to kind of keep expanding on that. And just having more, just kind of expanding on the, you know, on our, our gear, trying to make it higher quality, just better. And um, yeah, I mean, there's not nothing too revolutionary yet that we've, that we've, that we've planned, but we're just trying to keep growing and uh, just kind of take everything up a level. Right on. I mean, that, that's fantastic. Stepping back to the, the time when you guys decided to monetize, you said something earlier on, uh, the fact that people were starting to ask you for gear. And I imagine that was sort of the moment, but was there anything more specific to it than, than that? Or you just saw a need and decided to fill it? Yeah. Like I said, I think originally it just started completely as a joke. Like it was only among the Wisconsin rowers that followed it. And, you know, we didn't even try really very hard. We, we didn't try at all to, to bring new people in. It was just, we had no, it was just, it was just me and Sam just kind of having fun. And then some people just found it. We would, uh, you know, I'm sure she'll just somehow stumble upon it on, on, um, Instagram and just, it just kept growing and growing. And, um, you know, after a couple of months, we had like five or 6,000 followers or maybe even less, less time than that. But, um, we just, yeah, it was really nothing other than people just wanted gear. So we just made it. And even when we were, and even that first time we made gear, we, we weren't, uh, you know, anticipate like, okay, we're going to make, you know, X dollars and this is going to be our profit margin. Like we weren't even thinking that we just, we didn't really want to have huge expectations. I think the only time when we kind of, you know, once we started thinking about, okay, this is the money that we're going to be making. That was when we started going to events and that happened probably a year after we made um, the page initially, then, cause you've got, then you're actually taking, like risk on you're going to you actually have to put money up and uh you know and started buying more gear and that's kind of when we started taking that a little bit more seriously that's awesome but it it sounds like it was just a really natural progression for you guys and it was sort of something that you i won't even I, i don't want to discount what you've done and say stumbled into but you weren't pushing an agenda of trying to monetize this this was purely a passion item or something that was for fun that that turned into something exciting and uh, potentially able to turn into a business. Yeah, I mean, it's not even that, uh, you know, unrealistic that we kind of stumbled into it. I mean, we, you know, we stumbled in, I would say we kind of stumbled into the, the initial, the initial burst, but, you know, the fact that, yeah, you know, so we haven't stumbled into doing it for <laughs> three and a half years. It's just like, we see a lot, there's a lot of other, you know, I guess this is, a little bit more specific for the general audience, but there's other, there's other people that do kind of what we do uh, in the, in the space, but we just kind of believe that if we, we, um, you know, just keep working like we do and putting out the content that we do, that it's funny. And that's, uh, and that it's just, if we, if our philosophy is that just, if you put out like in our space, if you just put out funny content and that, then you'll gain followers. People are always asking us, you know, they'll, they'll ask us like, Oh, like, can you give us a shout out? Like, 
we're trying to grow and it's like you don't we didn't have we never had a shout out like you don't need one to like just if you make the content if, you, if it's good then people will, will show up it's not like you just need uh you know you need people to kind of help your hold your hand the way you know the way through your journey but if you just show up and you just people like will respect the the craft if it's there so that's just kind of our our philosophy <laughs> I, I appreciate that you've brought that up because there is definitely in the Instagram space and entrepreneurship and podcasting and all this stuff, there, there are a lot of people who want sort of that overnight success uh, and, you know, the shout out or the, the, the silver bullet is what I've referred, it, referred to it as like the, the thing that's going to launch them into the next level of success, whatever that means. Um, but man, like, uh, you've summed it up so well that I don't even know what I, what else I can add to it. Just, you know, having a good quality of consistent content, like you and putting it out there. That's the key. Like not having that analysis paralysis, putting it out there and making sure that it gets out to the people. And if it's good and it resonates, people will find it eventually. Like, obviously there's a little strategy there, but, um, but generally just get it out there and, and see, see what resonates. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people will, you know, when they message us and stuff and they want shout outs, like I'll scroll through the page. And I'll be like, this, you know, it's just not, it's not great. It's like, it, I would feel the pressure if I was asking for a shout out. It's like your stuff better be, you know, pretty good. If you think that you're ready for like a shout out from somebody big. So it's, you know, the, the focus should be in your content or like what you're doing as opposed to getting that handout or getting, yeah, like that silver bullet. Cause I mean, there's people I know, you know, it's a different story if the field is just so packed with competition, you've got such good stuff that you're just not getting noticed and that's what you need. But for, I think for most cases, it's just, um, you know, you need to focus on what you're doing and the quality of what you're doing before you really focus on, you know, something like that. Some extra promotion or, you know, that's so cool. Absolutely. And being, being someone who's in a position of authority and, and um, you know, having a presence in the space, uh, of the of the rowing sphere like when somebody reaches out to you who's starting out like what kind of criteria do you go through which you sort of alluded to earlier but before you sort of engage with them or shout them out or you know talk to them in some way and uh, in, in maybe like a mentorship or a helping hand type of way like what how do you address that when someone reaches out to you I mean, it's just, you got to just tell them, like, just keep working at it. Like, I remember when we started, we had friends that, you know, were just our friends. They were like, oh, like, this is cool. Like, I'll, I'll make, I'll make memes. And, you know, memes are, you know, they're just jokes. And, but they are, there is some, uh, you know, like levels of how good they are. Cause, you know, we'll have friends that sit there and like, oh yeah, I want to make a meme. And they'll sit there and uh, they just can't think of anything. You know, it's just, it's still, um, at like the core of it, it's still just, it's like, it's like writing. I say, I think of it, I equate it to, you know, writing or guys that are comedy writers and stuff. You got to just, it just takes reps and it just takes time. And, you know, I used to uh, hear like uh, Woody Allen has been nominated for like 18 Oscars for writing or something would, would sit and write for like 18 hours a day. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just, it's just, it's just reps. Cause you know, people will ask us for a shout out. You look through and you can just tell, you like look at their, at their content. It's just not, it's just not quite good. It's like, it's, it's very surface level and you need to kind of like, I have this theory that if you, um, that's just like the entry level kind of amateur level stuff and 
you need to just get one level beyond that. And that's where you can start making progress. You just need to separate yourself from like the average, the average guy. And, um, you know, a lot of people will reach out to us and they'll just be kind of on that amateur level. So it's like, you need to put in the work and just kind of get one level past that. Cause then you, you, you know, there's some potential there. That. Patrick, that, that is fantastic advice. Like get one level beyond the, the, the entry level person, like, like put in the effort, makes, make it a little more refined, you know, get some content under your belt uh, before you start reaching out to the, the heavy hitters in whatever your niche is, bring something to the table, you know, and, and, and show that you're committed because it's easy to DM someone or message somebody um, when you're first starting out. But if, if you come to somebody being like, Hey, I've built this following up, you know, I've got some pretty decent content. I'm getting good engagement. You know, I'm looking for that next step. And it's obvious, like that's when people who are in it, who are producing in the time will want to then potentially invest in you, whether it's time or advice or shout out or mentorship or whatever, um, is when they can tell that you're in it for the long haul and you're not just looking for the the quick fix or that silver bullet. Yeah. And I think, I like to equate a lot of this to, I'm like a pretty big fan. I like to kind of make, you know, video, like short videos and stuff like that on my own. And I think of it, that's like a more full or general people would know about that more. And it's like, you t- you see someone like that and they're like, yeah, like I, you know, can you shout me out? But you see that extra, like that, that amateur level, it's like, okay, if you go and just get like a, uh, like a real microphone and get like quality sound and then, uh, you know, you just focus on editing better. It's like, that'll just immediately elevate you over an amateur. And that's like some of the, that's like kind of the, the subject that I think in a lot when I, when I think of this stuff and right away, you're just people like, okay, this guy, you know, kind of knows what he's doing. It's just like that enhances your, your content so much more. You just need to take it up, you know, one notch and then you can kind of, you stand out a little bit from, from the crowd. Completely. Completely, man. Well, I appreciate your time. You've definitely brought a lot of, you know, insight and thoughts and takeaways to the audience. Um, And I want to transition us to the uh, final segment of the show called the Focus Five, where I ask the same questions to every guest on every show. Are you ready? Sure. Yeah. Right on. First question is, uh, do you have a book that you've recommended or gifted most often? Uh, Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I, I, I guess I haven't gifted this book or anything, but my like when it comes to this this kind of material, I think my favorite book is this, uh, this book called The War of Art, called by Stephen Pressfield, and it's uh, it's basically like um, it's the I guess you're not an artist. There's like the average amateur versus the artist, and you become an artist when you turn pro. You know, when they say, uh, like, a writer sits, you know, the writer wants to, to write something, they don't, uh, and they just wait until they're inspired. And it's like, you're, you're never going to be inspired. They have, they, he talks about this called resistance, and that's, like, you're never going to sit down and, and be inspired um, until you actually sit down, and you're like, I'm sitting down for you know, an hour today, I'm going to sit down for an hour today, and I'm going to just write. And, like, once you actually do that, you get over that hump, that uh, that's when the ideas start to come what is, is considered turning pro actually you kind of like put the pressure on yourself to uh to do something like you need to sit like i say the hardest part about writing is sitting down to write and uh yeah. that's uh, that's like kind of what the book talks about and i just thought it was a pretty interesting read it was like a good perspective on you know if you want to be more than an amateur this is kind of what you have to do excellent thank you 
Um, if you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Uh, I mean, I'm, I, you know, personally, I'm a big film fan, and I just think it's sort of applicable to, like, the, I, I, I'm just a huge Martin Scorsese fan, and that's just a guy that I would love to sit down and talk to as someone who just kind of came, uh, you know, just started small and just became like a, a legend in his, in his space, so just kind of like honed his craft and uh, kind of like developed his own style and was like a super, um, influential person on um just on in his in his industry and movies and stuff and that's just like uh, i just think that's inspirational so I, I i you know i wouldn't sit down with you know it wouldn't have to be necessarily something totally specific to my field but i just think that i'm just that yeah. would be uh, beneficial yeah <laughs> awesome uh what is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on um I, this is a tough one i think but you know, uh, I think just, uh, you know, that if you want to just be good at, at something, I don't know if people necessarily disagree, but they just wouldn't think about it. And that's like how I, I touched on earlier that you just have to just put in the work to, uh, you know, just advance past that, like that beginning level and that, you know, a lot of people look for the short-term success and, it's not about, it's not about, it's about like you setting like a healthy and a beneficial um, lifestyle to achieve these kind of goals. Like I think about uh, working out, you know, when people just try and start exercising and working out and, you know, after they just don't really see results and in three weeks they stop and it's like, you shouldn't be expecting results in three weeks, like to start that routine and keep that up and just know that like way down the road that you're going to be way for it. And I just feel like a lot of people don't, uh, you know, don't have that perspective or they're too short, too short sighted. Um, yeah. I guess, that's, you know, that's not exactly what people just disagree with. You know, that's just kind of a, amen a to that, man. People, I, yeah. I, I'm a hundred percent with you. To- totally get it. Do you give us a glimpse of your morning routine? Like how do you start your day? Uh, I always, I always get up and, and work out like before work. I, uh, it's just, it just kind of gets me going. And I think, I mean, I, I like to stay active and I like work out every day, but it's, you know, I can't, some people like to work out at night. I can't do that. I have to, you know, you never, nighttime for me is like when I, is when I'll either work on, you know, the fatter stuff or I just like turn my brain off. So I just need to kind of get going in the morning and just knock that stuff out. Otherwise, like I, I, I get, my mind like goes nuts during the day. If I like haven't worked out, I just, <laughs> I feel bad. So just get, get your, and people, I thought I hear that, uh, other people too, like they'll get up and they have to write, they have to write in the morning before they, uh, kind of do anything on the rest of their day. Otherwise the day just like doesn't really unravel as well. Totally. hundred percent agree, man. Patrick, appreciate your time, dude. Like what, you know, where can we find you, uh, online the most Instagram or I just fatter goes LLC is the, is the page. If, uh, a YouTube channel as well, which is just fatter goes on YouTube. I think it's linked in uh, on the page if anyone wanted to check it out, but uh, that's where it is. Totally. And I will uh, link to both your uh, Instagram and YouTube page and then your personal page as well. So people can connect with you, see the kind of content you're putting out um, and you know, the, 
the thing I love is like the, the entertainment of the stuff and the content you're putting out is, is awesome, but there's, it, it's more than just like, let's make a joke. Like there's really thought there's an art to this. And, um, you know, if you can start to look into it as more than just like a ha ha moment, I think that we can all learn a lot from, from what you guys are doing over there. So appreciate you taking the time yeah. to sit down and, yeah. and have this chat and, uh, being on the show today. Yeah, no, thank you. It's, uh, it's great. And then I, you know, I don't want it, I don't want people to come away from this thinking that I was, you know, just talking, like, you know, make, making myself out to be like a big deal of what we do. I, I still like to make fun of myself, but you know, there is, uh, I guess, lessons to be learned from you know, this, this field, I guess. But yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you being on today. And that wraps it up for today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that one and uh, took something away, especially in the content creation space from Patrick. If you want to connect with him directly, I've got his Instagram, uh, both the Fat Ergos and his personal, and then the YouTube channel uh, down in the show notes. And while you're down there, uh, you will find my Calendly link. And so if you want to hear from me directly, I would love to hear from you directly uh, about the show. Uh, We can have a chat, get to know each other, no, uh, no pitch all for free. I'm not trying to push anything other than just get to know who's listening and how I can potentially make this better, what it, what's going well, and uh, what I should double down on and all that. And then if you get value out of this show, if you would please go over to iTunes, leave me a written rating and review. It really helps me with the feedback as well as uh, the algorithms to get this show in front of some more listeners like yourself. So without any further ado, let's sign it off my Uh, This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play, and remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.